turn in our Bibles, if we could, to Psalms chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34. I'm using something different up here tonight, tonight. And instead of Spreaker, I'm no longer using Spreaker. Uh, the stuff is still out there on Spreaker, but I'm using Podbean now. If you hadn't seen that, our website now has a little box on the left that you can actually, it comes up, you just click on it, and it starts playing. And it's probably got 30, 40 messages or something somewhere about it. Uh, but it stops uh, after a lot, however many messages. And you click, if you want to, you can click on that box Podbean, it takes you to the site and it's endless to to the stuff we have on Spreaker. So not endless, but oh, there's a lot. So uh, anyway, take advantage of that. But I'm using that to record now everything that I do, whether here or there or wherever I am, instead of Spreaker. So if you want to, if you if you're one of those that listen to Spreaker, that's only the audio then you, you won't find anything we're doing as of this week forward on Spreaker. It'll all be on that pod beam. And just uh, click on that, f hit follow, subscribe, or whatever, and uh, follow along as the, we continue to preach the message of the cross. Broken but established is what we're going to talk about tonight, being broken but being established in that broken state. And Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Let's go ahead and read that next verse. I didn't plan on it, but it looks, it's glowing at me right now. So, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Let's go back and read those two verses together now. Because I want, I want you, I pray the Lord help you see it tonight, that these two verses, and really all those around them, are, are, they go together. So, the Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart, and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. In our afflictions, we cry out for God to deliver us, but God saves and God delivers the brokenhearted and those of a contrite spirit. Not those who think they can work it out. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. You have to be broken. And I, and, I, and I believe we'll see tonight as we work our way through this message that really there's no such thing as trusting in the cross of Christ without a broken heart. And I don't mean you have to be laying in the floor weeping and your whole day is just broken down because I'm not, I'm not talking about being broken by the things that are going on in the world or even your family or your co-workers. I'm talking about this inner brokenness because of our state spiritually. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Christians that we are on our way to heaven. But we know when we read the Word of God, such as places like Jesus teaching on the mount and that teaching that he taught, and we read that and we're like, who can do that? Who can live that way? And uh, every time we try, it doesn't seem to work out. Uh, so we're broken when we see that. And we hunger and we long to find ourselves in that kingdom living as Jesus taught. And if that is where the Lord finds us in that broken state, he always brings us to Calvary where the Holy Spirit can begin to teach us 
that it's all about partaking of that divine nature, partaking of the Lamb instead of trying to imitate Him, which we cannot do. So we're, we're going to see tonight that brokenness is an inward state uh, that a lot of people are broken from divorce, from uh, all sorts of stuff. The people that end up committing suicide, they're broken. There's all sorts of broken people but God recognizes the broken heart that's looking for the answer. And when he finds it, he show, when he finds that broken heart, he shows them the answer. But I've got to say it before we continue. Just because somebody's broken by the world, by their past, by the things going on, doesn't mean that they're going to accept God's answer. Many people are broke down. This world is broke down. The whole world's broke down. Even the people that put on the best show, they are broke down without Jesus. And with Jesus, we have to remain broken just in a different way. Not broken because of our situation, not broken because of the, the things that have happened to us or what we did, but broken because we want to be like Jesus more and more. Amen. There is a brokenness for us as children of God, that's different than the brokenness of the world. There, the Bible teaches there's a, there's a repentance that don't work, and the Bible teaches there's a repentance that does work. The Bible teaches you can repent, you can say you're sorry, and God sees it because you just got caught is why. But the heart that's broken over sin in their life, God will lead them to the place he can forgive them and teach them to walk in a place where they can overcome that. But to continue to live as a Christian, you must continue to stay broken. You must be broken. And that literally means spiritually that you're not trying to figure it out. You've accepted the answer. You know you have no power. And you're not trusting in yourself. You stay broken before the Lord, and he continues to pour through you. So God always establishes his people through a state of brokenness. When God found you in your lost state, and he began to share with you the gospel, however that took place, and you believed it, you were broken when you believed it. You, you, you couldn't explain that you were broken, but you were. You, you, you were broken, and God found you in that desperate place, and, and you heard the truth of the gospel. You, you realized you were on your way to hell, and, and you heard and you believed the gospel in your broken state, and God healed you. He, he mended your heart. But just because he mended our hearts doesn't mean that they no longer need to be broken before the Lord. You've heard me say for years now that we don't have anything to offer the Lord but a broken heart and a willing mind. When we come to God, when most Christians don't know this, but when we come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace, we've got to come with empty hands and a broken heart. We, we, we know we're coming to get, we're not coming to tell God the way things ought to be. We're coming to, to, to obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need because we're coming to the one who knows our situation and he knows what we need better than we do. Yeah. Most of the time we don't even really know what we need. 
Many Monday nights I sit right there in that chair and one of the things I pray is, Lord, I don't even know what we need, but I know you do. Just give us what we need. Because we really don't know what we need. I mean, you, you might need some water if you're thirsty, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what do I need for for the days ahead? Well, who knows? God knows because he knows what is in every day that lies ahead. So you have to remain broken. It is not the brokenness. I've said this, but I want to make sure that I say it correctly and get it all out tonight. It is not the brokenness that comes from the world breaking us down that our God is looking for. That stuff may cause us to be broke, but if it doesn't lead us to a spiritual awakening through faith in the sacrifice, that brokenness, people die broken by this world. But rather, he's looking for a broken heart that will accept and trust in the sacrifice of Christ. Christ, as the bread of life that came from heaven, had to be broken before we could partake of him on the cross. And only a broken heart can partake of him by faith. And again, when I'm talking about a broken heart, I'm not talking about just a, you're laying around sobbing all the time. I'm talking about a broken heart that knows that God's, he's the only one that can put me together. He can, he's the only one that pro, can provide what my heart does. We were talking to Jackson before church tonight, Brother Dewey, and I, I said something about, where's the Lord? He, he, I said, he said, he's right here. He's all, Jackson said, he's always around. I said, all right, Jackson, he's always around, but what's he doing? What Jackson say? He's helping my heart. That's what Jack, Jackson said. He's helping my heart. Because we know our heart needs Jesus. And our experiences throughout the day, many times we realize Lord, I, I need you shaping my heart. I need more of you. So, the Lord saves such as be of a contrite spirit. And he's near those who have a broken heart. He's near those who have a broken heart. The broken heart is a, is a person, again, it's not going around crying all the time, although you may, but it's a broken heart that knows it needs Jesus, and that's all it really needs for everything. And there's a greater understanding of that need daily. I need Jesus. I don't need a book that tells me how to fix this. It's broken. I need Jesus. He's the mender of the broken heart. So let's look at another scripture in Psalms chapter 147, verses 1 through 6. Psalms 147, verses 1 through 6. Praise ye the Lord, for it is, a good, it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Means proper. Amen. I'm going to read that verse again. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. Do y'all sing praises throughout the day? It's a good thing. I won't be involved in every good thing God tells me is good in his word. It's a good, 
It's good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is proper. The Lord does build up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Let me read that again. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the meek, but he casts the wicked down to the ground. That's where we get our statement that we make sometimes about the Lord is never without an active job. God is always busy. He's exalting the humble and throwing down the wicked. That's what God's doing. He's exalting the humble and he's throwing down the wicked. And there ain't nobody getting away with nothing. Let's go back to Psalms 51, verse 17. Psalms 51, verse 17. This is our last verse in Psalms, unless we just start the whole chapter. Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Boy, could we understand that tonight? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Does that not confirm that when we come to God through faith in the cross, it's got to be through a broken spirit, a broken heart, a humble heart. God, I'm coming to you because I need help, and I can't help myself, and there can't nobody on the planet help me. See, if we're looking for stuff outside on the outside, we'll, we're liable to run to anybody. But when we're looking for what's broke on the inside, you can't run to nobody but God. And that you can't run to God unless you come to Him through faith in His Son's sacrifice. I need to say this tonight. I've said it many times. But even as a Christian, you can't get to God unless you come by way of the blood. You got in Christ through way of the blood. You got in the kingdom through way of the blood. But even now that you're in the kingdom and in Christ, you can't get to the throne as a child of God unless you come to that throne of grace boldly. That means confidently, your confidence being in the blood. That means the death of Jesus. That is your privilege to always be able to go to the throne of grace because your faith is in the sacrifice. So if your faith is in yourself, you might have an imagination that you went to the throne and you got some old gray-headed guy sitting on a big throne. <clears throat> but listen, those who make it to the throne of grace leave with the fruit thereof. You don't get to the throne of grace and walk away empty-handed. You ain't been to the grace if you walk away empty-handed. If you get to the, to the throne of grace, you're going to leave with mercy and grace. Those that get to the throne, they don't leave empty-handed because the reason they're standing there is because they're already trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. Or they ain't going to make it to the throne. And that's even for a Christian. 
I don't care what that other lying preacher said. We can't get to the throne unless we come by way of the blood. And there's lots of Christians not believing that the focus and the object of faith has to be the death of Jesus. I was thinking earlier today about 19 years ago, we came out of a bunch of everything, everything but focus on the cross. It's been 19 years now, or more, more than that, I think, <clears throat> and it has. It's been almost 21 years. Yeah, Andrew was two or three, and he's 23, about to be 24 now. And those, those folk where we left, like millions of others in this country and the world, they don't believe that your focus and faith has to be in the sacrifice. They don't believe that. They believe that's what got you in. Nice up to you. And that's a sad thing. That's a very sad thing. Because if your faith is not in the sacrifice, you can't get to the throne. You can make believe and you can pretend, but you can't get to the throne. And the reason you can't is because you're trusting in something other than the sacrifice and you can't have a broken heart. You can't have a broken heart. And it be it can be broken, but there ain't no answer for it. If your faith is not in the cross, there's no answer for your broken heart. That's God's answer for the broken heart is the sacrifice of Christ. Look at look at it again. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Anybody that's sacrificing to God, it ain't it ain't by doing this or not doing that. It says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, oh God, will you not despise. This is an inner thing. This is an inner thing. That's why Christianity is about believing with the heart under righteousness. And when the heart has believed under righteousness, the feet go a different direction. The life has been changed. I didn't say all of a sudden perfect. That doesn't exist. But I do am saying that when you believed with the heart, you were changed. And people begin to recognize the change. Amen, Brother Curtis. If they ain't recognize no change in you, then you might have just got around some folks who, who, who were living good and, and you wanted to live good too because you knew that was going to eventually kill you. And so you got around some better acting folk. But listen, if you don't believe with the heart under righteousness, meaning sold out to what Jesus did at Calvary for your salvation, you ain't saved yet. And there's many who fill pulpits every week who are not saved yet. They never believed with the heart. See, what's the scripture say? As a man believes in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want to talk about that just for a minute since the Lord brought it up. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now that's, that's the scripture in your Bible. And whatsoever a man speak, that's what he is. So we reveal, we reveal what we're all about by what we're saying, because what we're saying is what's in the heart. Amen. And the Bible says that our words need to be seasoned with salt. Gracious words seasoned with salt. 
When people get saved, people not recognize the difference about them. And then after they get saved, and some time goes by, one of two things happen. They either fade off and they get stuck right where they are for the rest of their life, or they hear the message of the cross, somebody saying, that's what your faith's got to stay in, son. That's what your faith's got to stay in. That preacher's teaching you to do these three things, and then God will. He don't know it, but he's lying to you. You've got to keep your faith anchored in the sacrifice. And if you don't believe that, then your heart is not right with God. You understand everybody that's not trusting in the cross, their heart is not right with God. Because to not trust in the sacrifice of Christ is pride. Amen. Amen. So the name of this message tonight was called Broken But Established. In this broken state, God establishes his people. Jesus didn't come to make a reputation of himself. He said that, right? I didn't come to make a reputation of myself. Well, everything I do is what the Father's doing through me. So, and I'm going to, I'm, we're going to talk about three scriptures right here in these last 20 minutes or however long we go. But in this, in this great truth that's about to be delivered to you tonight from the Word of God, you, you're going to find only the brokenhearted who are really looking for the answer that will find themselves. All these people, all these Christians who are standing around crying tears and weeping all the time, but then they hear the message of the cross and they don't accept it and push it aside, all them tears ain't doing nothing for them. Right. All them prayer, it ain't doing nothing for them. In God, and I don't know the heart, I can't see the heart, but I do know this, that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He shows them His covenant. And it's His covenant that's His answer for the broken heart. Just remember that, Isaiah 54, 14. Let's work our way through these three scriptures tonight, because it's in... In these truths right here that we're going to look at tonight, and only this avenue through which God establishes his people, his broken-hearted people. Just because we got saved, let me say it again, doesn't mean our hearts aren't broken anymore. Again, every time I read the story about Jesus' teaching on the mount, my heart's broke. Every time I do something I shouldn't, or shouldn't do something I should, my heart's broke. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I, But I don't want to get like a puppet. I don't want to be just like a puppet and go to bed every night. I did that for lots and lots of years, going to bed every night, doing sinful things during the day, asking God to forgive me. I know it's wrong with no intention on tomorrow being any different. Just going through the puppet motions. I want to be changed. I want to... Please my Lord. And when I don't, I ain't happy about it. I believe with all my heart, the Christian who is grieving is the Christian who's grieving the Holy Spirit. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about grieving over a loved one. I'm talking about grieving because there's sin in their life they won't repent of. They won't, they won't accept the cross as the answer of. For, and, and, and they're grieving. They're grieving because the Holy Spirit is grieved. Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why? Because if you do, you're going to be grieved. If he's grieved, that means he's not pleased because you won't let him lead you into the truth you need to walk in. 
And that's why we get grieved, because we, we're not walking in the truth he's trying to lead us in. So pay very close attention tonight. Write these things down. Go home. It's nothing we haven't taught before. It's nothing new. It's been in the Bible for lots of years. But you need to know what we're about to talk about tonight, Isaiah 54 and 14. And my friend, let me say this. you got to believe it or you won't. When you hear it, you'll believe it or you won't. And I've said it before. Let me say it again. Don't be like the ten spies out of twelve that sees something beautiful but says we can't do it. That's an evil report from the heart, by the way, to God. And instead of having an evil report that, that from the heart that sees the beauty and the treasure of God's Word and what's there for us to be able to have and to walk in and experience, don't listen, don't say, I can't do that. Let your heart be broken and cry, God help me. God help me. Caleb or Joshua 1 said, if the Lord delight in us, He'll give us the land. If the Lord delight in us, and He does, proof of it, He gave His Son for you, He'll put your feet in these truths we're about to go through. Isaiah 54 and 14. In, everybody say in. In, in righteousness you will be established. Get this now. In righteousness you will be established. You know what that word established means? It means, it means to be erected, to be able to stand. You will be, you will be standing. That's what it means. Watch now. If you're being established, and God says you will be, and you can be if you keep your faith in the place God declared His righteousness from. Could we put Romans real quickly, Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26 on the board, on the screen tonight. I want us to see it with our eyebubs. Two verses in a row that show us in the, in the book of Romans where the righteousness of God was declared from. Romans 3.25 talking about Jesus, who God has set forth to be a propitiation, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are present through the forbearance of God. Watch verse 26. Here it comes again. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believes in Jesus. Now let's go back. I wanted to show you that because uh, you need to know the only place righteousness was declared and offered and is imparted is through your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It is what God made you when He saved you. He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He put your feet in a path of righteousness. He robed you with the robe of righteousness. And the list goes on and on and on. And you've got to understand there is no righteousness except through faith in the cross of Christ. It was declared, the work was done by Christ, it was declared and offered and can only be imparted initially and moment by moment for fruit in your life if you're trusting in Jesus and whatnot. If you say you are, if your heart is. And how many times during the day, don't answer it, don't raise your hand, we don't want to do that, but or do we find ourselves not trusting in what Jesus did? And this is where the broken heart Christian comes in. 
Because we're brokenhearted, not because only that, not only because we're we're not perfect, but because we're not trusting all the time in now that what we know to trust in all the time. Amen. Instead of make listen, as a Christian, you'll make excuses for why you're not living right, or you'll be brokenhearted over it. There's one thing worse than being bound by the sin nature, and that's not knowing you are. In righteousness you will be established. Watch. What happens when God is literally allowed to establish you in his righteousness, which is what he's promised to do if you keep your faith in where it allows him to do so, you shall be far from oppression. That's the promise. Don't read this and say, well, no, that's an evil report. The Word of God says you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. You need to highlight that. You need to go home and look at that Bible verse. I know it's in the Old Covenant, but Jesus said the Old Covenant Scriptures were about Him. They testified of Him. How does that verse testify of Jesus? He is our righteousness. And while I'm trusting in what he did at Calvary, my God is establishing me in his righteousness. My Savior is building me as a part of the church. And I'm not going to experience oppression unless I'm not trusting in him. There's a lot of oppression in the church. And they run to these supposed Christian counselors and they tell them, well, you need to start doing these three things like they can fix the inside from doing something on the outside. What Jesus did at Calvary is God's only answer for the inside. Christianity is not working from the outside to the inside. It's working, God working from the inside to the outside. Mm. Oppression is in the heart. That's something that takes place in the heart. Oppression, depression, those things are very real. But God's word is greater than all oppression. God's truths are greater than all depression. And I don't like I don't like hearing folks talk, well, you know, I'm not listening to you. I'm just believing God. I'm just believing God's word. You have to get to that place where, well, you know, the doctor said, I'm just believing God's word. God said, I I'll I'll be far from oppression, so I'm just going to let him establish me in his righteousness through my broken heart. Trusted, I'm not listening to your answer. I'm not now. And if you start puffing up, listening to them, taking their word over God's word, that's pride. That's an evil report. God can't establish you in an evil report. Hmm. So in righteousness, you'll be established. In righteousness. You are righteous. You know the story of Peter in Antioch when Paul had to rebuke him. Peter was already righteous, but his fruit wasn't. See, God's interested in your fruit. Because if our fruit's not there, there's something going on in here. If our fruit's not right, then there's something wrong inside. Hmm? And see, and again, here's where we get to choose whether we'll make excuses. Well, you know, ain't nobody perfect. And, and you know, we're not going to be like Jesus till we get there. And all those factual statements that will hold you in bondage all of your life and oppress you. And God forbid that take you to a place you don't want to go. 
lot of people end up in bad situations because oppression grabs a hold of them. And mostly, a lot of these people go to church faithfully. But they're not hearing no power. They're not, they're not hearing the option that they have that God gives them to maintain their faith in Christ and His sacrifice, to fight the good fight of faith to keep it there. Or if they are, they're rejecting it, one of the two. Okay, so in Isaiah 54 and 14, God tells us He establishes us in a place. And that's righteousness in a place. Now, if we can look at the next verse, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9 tells us what God uses in this place of righteousness. Here we saw in Isaiah, it's in righteousness. Hebrews 13 9, God says he establishes our hearts with something. Let's look at what it is. Be not carried about with diverse, that word means various, and strange doctrines. Stick with the cross. The rest of them are strange. Even if the, the, not if, but the Bible is full of doctrine. Uh, That word means teaching. It's full of teaching. Prayer, faith, repentance. Uh, The list is long of the doctrines in the Bible. But they're perverted. They're perverted when when they're not being tied to that form of doctrine that made you free from sin and made you a servant of that which God establishes you in, which is His righteousness. I need to say that again. That's powerful. He establishes you in righteousness, but with, watch, be not carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. With grace. There's only one place grace comes from, and that's not your doing. That's Jesus' finished perfect work. He tasted death. By the grace of God, Hebrews 2, 9, and grace doesn't come through any other thing. Even in the Old Testament, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because Noah was a man of sacrifice, a man who was waiting on the Redeemer. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, meaning he had his faith in the coming one who would be God's righteousness for all of us. So get this tonight that you're only going to be established by God, your heart that is, in righteousness, meaning through your faith in the righteous work of Jesus at Calvary. God can't establish you. That means he can't stand you up. He can't erect you. And he can't can't cause you to grow through any other means. And he can't even stop oppression and fear and terror from taking you over if you reject his way in which he establishes you. Now, this is a problem in the church. They'll say, just because we're not doing the cross stuff like you are, that doesn't mean that God's not doing this over here. I got news for you. They don't have a Bible verse for that thought. They do not have a Bible verse for that thought. This message is the message by which you're saved, kept, delivered, and established in righteousness. The message of the cross. Let's read this whole verse now before we 
share the last one. Be not carried about with various and strange doctrine. Notice the wording here. When, we're, when our faith is not in the sacrifice because we're trusting in something else, the Bible here says that whatever that is, it carries us. Because it's a wind of doctrine. You ever been out in a bad case of wind? I've been in wind so bad before when I was over in Norway in the Marine Corps about trying to get on a helicopter on the top of a ship holding two duffel bags, and I ain't kidding you, I could lean straight forward, get about that high from the ground with my face and not fall. The wind was that strong. I'm telling you, uh, that's, that's how false doctrine is. When your faith is in anything other than the cross of Christ, you're being carried away from what God's will is, God's purpose is in your life, and there's no protection from oppression. Fear and terror. Amen. And you can tell by the way people talk if it's out of a heart of faith or a heart of fear. I'm preaching now. You can tell by the words of somebody's mouth if they're living out of faith or a heart filled with fear. Hmm. Boy, that was good. We can go live. Let's, let's read this again, man. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. They will carry you about. For it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. He's talking about, it don't matter what, back in that day, and it probably still this day, people think they're spiritual by what they eat or don't eat. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. Paul must not have been too loving write something like this. You know people were eating meat back then and trusting in it. Paul, he was not supposed to call them people out, was he? Yes, he was. How could you help them if you don't call them out? You just want them to stay oppressed? You want them to be depressed? I believe the Lord is trying to minister to us right now in this house tonight. Do we want everybody to just stay oppressed? Because if we're not telling them what delivers from oppression and where God is only going to be found establishing his church, then we must really not care about them. Right. Right. See, that right there makes you either start making excuses or it breaks your heart before God and say, help me, God. Those people I work with, Lord, I just sit there when they're talking all that foolish and silliness and I don't say anything. God, help me. He find that broken heart and he'll fill it with courage and confidence. Mm. Last verse. Now, because God only establishes his people in righteousness and he only does it with grace. Remember that as we read Romans 5.21. Romans 5.21. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. Grace only reigns through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me remind us tonight that this Bible verse is not just talking about the initial born again experience of receiving eternal life. You have to always remember stories like 
Galatians chapter 2, when Peter, he's righteous, he's just, but his fruit is not. And God raised Paul up to correct him out of love. Reminding him, not that he needs to go get baptized with the Holy Spirit, which I hope we all are, but he reminded him the answer to his problem. Listen, Peter, he says, we're not just. Peter was already justified. He's talking about his fruit. We're not justified by works of the law, but by the faith of Christ. By the faith of Christ. So God is interested in saving all of humanity, but those he saves, he's very interested in finding them bearing fruit. Fruit. Jesus taught in John 15. This is another one of those places where you make excuses or your heart breaks and you cry out for help. Jesus teaches, without me you can do nothing. And he's talking about fruit bearing. No fruit without Jesus. With Jesus means faith in his sacrifice. Don't mean nothing else. It don't mean anything else. With Jesus means I got to have my faith in Jesus, meaning what he did at Calvary. And if that's where my faith has to be, and it is, then I will bear fruit. And he said the fruit that glorifies the Father is the much fruit that remains. Your fruit, your fruit, ain't, your fruit don't just stay. Your fruit has to remain because the object of your faith remains. And the object of our faith is not what we say it's in. It's what our hearts are showing God it's in. And when our hearts are trusting in the sacrifice of Christ, God is never not busy establishing us in his righteousness with his grace. Never. He's always busy establishing us in his righteousness with his grace so that we can experience his will. We've been bound too long as the church. Not just bound in drugs and alcohol, but bound in all these winds of doctrine that just carry us here, then they carry us there. And 30 years goes by and we're like, what happened to me? Why am I like this? I've been saved 30 years. Why, why is all this going on? That's why God has ushered the message of the cross back into the church. So now his people have been put on the spot. There was a great ignorance before the revelation rushed into the church. It's always been written. It's always been there. But the revelation close to 30 years ago began to rush back into the church. And now to whom much is given, much is required. Now we see the truth. Now we see the treasure. Now we see the reality that if our faith is in the sacrifice, then God is at work. And if God is at work, there's fruit. God don't work and there's not fruit to follow. There is fruit. So this either, messages like this, they're revival messages. That's what these are. They're, they're messages, they're revival messages. They say, when y'all in your next revival, we in it now, hallelujah, because the hungry, spirit-taught spirit heart will hear this, and they'll say, what treasure this is. I'm not experiencing this like I need to. Help me, God.
Help this broken heart. Mend it and fill it with Jesus. Bring me on. Bring me on. Help me to run this way. Bring me on. This is a revival message where you can say, that's me, Lord. I've got a broken heart. I hear this. I believe it. I don't want to be like the ten spies that says, we can't do this. That ain't for everybody. We can't have this. It's there. It's written. And if we believe it, then we can find our feet in it. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about that you're still going to have problems, but I'm talking about walking in the place where God's establishing you. He's establishing you in righteousness. And He is doing it with His grace. That means with His Spirit of grace. And there's fruit there. There's fruit there. And there's more fruit there. Then there's much fruit there. That's what Jesus taught. There's fruit. Then there's more fruit. Then there's much fruit. At the end of our lives, we ought to be fat. That's what the book of Psalms teaches, fat, F-A-T. Right now, we can make a conscious decision tonight to be fat. What does that mean? Stay faithful, stay available, and stay teachable. Fat. Faithful, available, and teachable to God. Faithful to God. Uh, available for your service, God. Teachable by you, Lord. Teach me. Show me. And when he shows you great truth like this, uh, you, you either you either walk away saying, boy, that was a good service. All right, praise God. What time are we getting out tomorrow? <laughs> What's for breakfast? No, this is something that's got to catch a fire in your heart. This something got to catch a fire in your heart. Message of the cross ain't just so we can say that's good, that's right, and it's what makes all them wrong. Message of the cross is so we can get lit up a blaze like a fire again and walk in this way that God is establishing us with His grace. Hallelujah. Don't you want that? Don't you want that more than anything? Don't you want that more than anything? Because if you do, God more than anything is going to show it to you greater and fill your heart with it greater. Amen. It can't be just going to church because I like them people and hey, that's my family. No, you got listen. You got to get planted and start growing where God planted you, which is in the likeness of the death of His Son. Amen. This message got to become your life, isn't that what the Bible says? Your life is should be becoming the gospel. We don't just preach it. We live in it. Our lives are becoming the message of the cross. Our lives are becoming the gospel. Hallelujah. Y'all better stand up. We'll be here all night. Praise be to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Some of you came in dragging tonight. You're going to hit, you're going to hopscotch on the way out, though. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You tap your foot while you're in the bed tonight. Now you'd be so happy thinking about, Lord, you promised me that all this fear that's been trying to hold me and paralyze me and really trying to destroy me, you promised me that it will be far away from me if I let you establish me in your righteousness with your grace. So, Lord, right now in this broken heart, I know I can't do it. I'm asking you to do it. I can't do it. I'm asking you to do it. I'm just trusting in the son you sent and the life he laid down. And there I met him and my life was crucified with him and now I live by his faith I live by his faith I, I can't do this Lord I can't every time I try to be like Jesus I mess it up Lord I need you I need you and I just want to partake of this 
If that's you tonight, I just want you to ask him right where you are to help you. Ask him to help you right now. Lord, help me. Help me. I see these truths. I see it's written. Let it be so to my heart. Just like the Virgin Mary asked him, asked the angel, how's these things going to be since I've not known a man? And he told her the truth of who Jesus would be. And she said, then according to your word, let it be. Let it be. According to your word, let it be so. Let it be so. According to your word, let it be so. Lord, we saw in your word tonight the great truth of what disposes of fear, removes it, terror, and oppression. Let it be so. Let it be so. We pray, God, for each other tonight. For every person in this room, those watching online, we pray for each other tonight that our hearts would be right before you, tender and broken, expecting a move of God for you to help us on further into this truth, not with just more in our heads, but more in our hearts so our feet can walk in it, Lord. Help us, Lord, not only to recognize that we can't do it, but to know that you can. You can do it in us and through us. And we just desire that, Lord. We desire to stay in this revival, Lord, till you come. We don't want to be in and out, up and down and all around. We want to run this race of victory with a steady pace. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for showing us. I thank you for showing us in your word, Lord God, that you can mend the broken heart. And those who are broken are the ones that you're near. Those who have a contrite spirit are those that you heal. The sacrifices that you accept is that of a broken and a contrite heart and spirit. And I praise you tonight, Lord God, for a people that will declare we can't do it, but you've shown us where to look that we might see you do it in and through our lives. Lord, help us to be the example that we've got to be to our children, our classmates, our co-workers. Help us to be the light you say we are, the good soldier you say we are. Help us to be those things, Lord, more than us just seeing it. Help us to believe it. More than just seeing the promised land, Lord, help us to leave this place tonight. Just like Joshua and Caleb, we can take the land because these things have already been given to us. It's already been given. We thank you tonight. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If you're here tonight and you need us to pray for you, if you'd like to come forward and let us pray for you, come on. We'll be glad to do that. Don't leave if you know the Lord wants us to pray for you tonight. He's able to do anything. If you're praying for your family, go ahead and ask Him again. Lord, help my family. Lord, help those that are lost to see the truth of Christ. Oh, save all our family members. And Lord, those in our families that claim they're saved, been born again, help them to get their priorities right, Lord. Bring the convicting power of the Holy Spirit into their lives. Let them see that they can't live, they can't bear fruit without you. And help them to care about it. Help them to care about it, Lord. Help them to be concerned about it. I thank you for broken hearts all across this place and online. I thank you for broken hearts in our families, Lord, as you begin to reveal to them that it's a wasteland without you, even for a Christian. It's a wasteland. And I thank you tonight, Lord, for these words of truth, these words of life, promise of great hope. I thank you, Lord.
I thank you for every person who was able to hear it tonight. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for touching Brother Dale, Sister Gladys, Sister Carrie, and all the others that we're praying for who are sick and hurting. We thank you for your delivering power. Power in that name of Jesus that we pray all these things in tonight. Amen and amen.